Welcome to the Business Sense with Brad podcast. As always, I am promoting myself. Check out businesssensejc.com. I am a consultant in the Johnson City area, uh, Tennessee, but I also can work virtually. Um, I fix your broken processes using Six Sigma, whether it be employee engagement, uh, whether you're running machines and need to make sure they're in statistical control, um, trying to implement process improvement or more. Uh, again, check out businesssensejc.com and also check out the Motivated Worker book on Amazon. On this episode, I'm welcoming back Slaughterhawk, who has increased his uh, social media presence at least uh, sevenfold since the last time he was on about a year ago. Um, and I, I believe he does most of this organically. We're going to find out how he does it. Um, so if you're tuning in um, and you're looking to grow your business uh, as far as the social media footprint, this is the episode for you. Slaughterhawk uh, is located in Cadillac, Michigan, which is my hometown. And recently, I also had Ryan Bartlett. Uh, the CEO of True Classic Tees uh, on the podcast. Uh, he is also from Cadillac. So I like to keep the hometown uh, the hometown crew on here whenever I can. Uh, so here we are. Uh, we're welcoming Slaughterhawk today. Yeah, so welcome back to the show, Slaughterhawk. And last time you were on, I think it was, might have been June or July last year. So we're over a year out. And I think you had 10,000 followers or something. I can't remember on Facebook. And I think you're at like 70K now. Yep, I'm about 60 away from 70K. Wow, that's amazing. And so I kind of wanted to talk, there's lots to get into. I want to talk about your business model and all of that. But like, mm -hmm. first of all, on the advertising side, have you done anything different since then? Or are you still pretty much organically growing? Do you pay for any ads? How do you do it? I still pay for absolutely zero ads. Um, it's still, still all organic um, uh, traffic. Can I put it that way? Uh, just working with more local artists, uh, small town artists across the country, uh, Canada as well. Um, yeah, it's just all still through connecting with people and getting my name out there in just different little groups and areas and just branching out there and there and there and there from like other just creators and stuff. All right. And um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to waffle back and forth here because mm -hmm. I. And I know that you, so you have left uh, industry about a year or so ago and then have gone all into this. And I do want to talk about that too. So um, generally speaking, your business, when I talked to you last time, I don't know if you were primarily photography versus hat beating, but not, now I see mostly hat beating. And I even think I saw Geno Smith wearing one from the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So yeah. it's amazing. Where has it gone? Like, you know, in the last year, like, because you got all this talent artistically, but there's no way that you can do all of these things. You can't be everything to everybody. So, I mean, first of all, tell us how the business has evolved and then how are you handling all of the different things that you can do? Gotcha. So, yeah. So when I first started off uh, Slaughterhawk, it was Slaughterhawk Photography. That's what it was. So Slaughterhawk Photography. Um, I did a lot of family photos and senior photos and just a lot of like local small small stuff i sold some prints across the country of like my more of my fine art pieces and stuff but it was really that it was just kind of like just a small town photographer and once i started beating and i get it started getting hats out there uh, i got my first my first big hat i got on a couple of canadian artists i got one on chief supreme i got one on two tribe or young traps from uh signos res kids then I got one on Stin Jody, who is uh, Punk and Lusty from Reservation Dogs on FX. And ever since then, it kind of just started snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. 
and I'm not gonna say people didn't really want photography in the first place, but I was definitely shoving it down people's throats when I first started out. So that kind of tapered off and the hats really became the main focus and uh, more of my fine art pieces and my, uh, the things I shoot versus like going out and doing shoots for people and stuff. So like photo shoots have definitely fallen off really hard. And mainly if I'm going to do photography, it's people like at Roasted right now, I have a display up and I've got a one going in at Willow and I've got one at Michigan Coffee Company. So if like I'm making sales, it's through prints and stuff like that. And as for like handling all of it, yeah, uh, I'm just, here it is. I'm just trying my best, man. Um, I've got, I got, there's a, there is a piece on my site that like lets everybody know that everything's handmade, everything is locally made, sourced and stuff like that. And I have a wait list. So there's a warning that it's going to be two to four weeks before I get started on your project. And like, if you're ordering a half from me, I let everybody know it's going to be a four to six week wait. I currently, I currently am the only beater right now. Um, I've talked about building a collective of beaters that I trust and I work closely with to lobby or lob, lobby to lob jobs off of and stuff where we can all work together and create a pool of um, this. Trying to, put it, trying to make a, a fiber or like a, a Facebook marketplace for bead workers that I trust and work tight with. So we can pass along jobs and stuff like that and not necessarily work under the Slaughterhawk name, but you're still getting work done that from people that I trust and stuff like that. So. Well, yeah, I think, and again, I, I, I'm not uh, very well studied on this area, but I think <clears throat> like the auth auth authenticity side of it, obviously like, you know, it's, it's cultural partly obviously, or mostly right. It's indigenous and not, yeah, so it's is that right? Indigenous is that the way to say? Because I don't know what the correct term yeah. is. I mean, native, indigenous. Uh, everybody has different preferences. I never try to gatekeep on anybody or tell anybody like everybody's got a different preference. I got friends that don't mind being called Indian, then I got friends that don't like being called Indians. So, yeah, okay. Indigenous is usually the usually the safe. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and it's well, and it's cultural, and and so I, I when I, I'm yeah. thinking you need to scale this up if you're gonna if you're going to keep up one and then grow it, you got to scale it. Like, and then you start getting an organizational structure, of course, and then you can't do everything. So you got to start either outsourcing internally or externally, like you're talking about. And then I'm thinking about, again, I don't know, is the typical person buying this hat, do they need it to be authentic Slaughterhawk or could it just be from anybody? Um, and you just stamp your Slaughterhawk. Hey, I'm, this is a Slaughterhawk approved brand. Or a uh, maker. Like, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Right. So my, my thoughts moving forward is that when it comes to my beadwork itself, um, everybody I've talked to, like, I'll, I'll, I'll do the Macy's, uh, the Macy's model where, like, if I can't do it for you, here's, here's such and such. They can do a great job at it. And if you want it done now, I approve, go through Beaded Warrior, go through Julie James. Like, here's the people that I, I have, a, like, a, a list of people that I'll give out to. But like, as for people that want my specific stuff, I just have a wait list because I've tried to lobby some people off and some people are just like, no, dude, I want Slaughterhawk beadwork. I want it to be done by you. So there's just like, if you want super detailed, awesome Slaughterhawk beadwork, you got to stand in line and get it done. But if you want like beadwork by somebody that 
you just want generic, you just want beadwork, then I got people that I'll, I'll pass you off to and stuff. So I have like a, a, a well a stash of people that I'll, I'll pass you off to. But if you want my specific work, you got to have a wait list. And that's why I've been trying to structure just like being open with everybody. I'm trying to create a digital like visual because like wait list of like, hey, you log on my website, you want to get a hat. Take a number. Here's your digital number. Here's which one I'm on, and this is about how long it's going to be till I get to you. Uh, as for generic stuff, I'm I've done a lot of branding recently of like putting my name and uh, work artwork and stuff on shirts and hats. So if you just want a generic piece from Slaughterhawk that isn't specific and special, you can like pick something up from my store, kind of like souvenir style. Okay, yeah, and I was wondering too, like on pricing because I know it's it's got to be you know you're. And I, this is, I'm going to tie this into leaving uh, the, the cushy job for the <laughs> dream, right? Like, cause that's right. obviously hard to do because I, you know, and I, again, I don't know what your, you know, financial situation was before, but I'm sure there's like, I don't know if it's pay like benefits and all those kind of things. And then mm -hmm. when you're grown, it's like, it's all you. Yep. Uh, have you one, I guess I want to talk about pricing first, then we can okay. talk about the psychological side of it, but is that one affected? Let's talk psychological first. You leave your job, okay. you go all in on this. What has that ride been like, and especially over the last year, because you're a total entrepreneur now, is it a day-to-day, -day, like, what am I doing? Or do you feel super confident, like, all the time, like, I did, like, you know what I'm saying? Do you go through any emotional cycles? or And then how do you feel, like, about a year from now, or, or this year versus last year? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yes, is the simple answer, just yes. Like, um, I wake up every morning with over 475 notifications on average uh, between comments, reactions, messages, emails, um, friend request, like all of it. I just, there's a wall that I hit as soon as I wake up in the morning and I just got to turn it on. And there's been like a gradual, like, this is what I'm doing today. This is like, this, I've, had, I've gotten a flow going of how I do it. I go through my messages. I go through my notifications. I spend almost three hours in the morning, like from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., just backlogging what I missed in the middle of the night. Then I throw in a couple hours on a hat or a medallion or whatever I'm working on. Then I got to get right back heavy into the online networking because that's where my bread and butter is. That's where my business is. So I spend almost six hours a day just going through similar pages, keeping my name relevant on popular posts, um, pushing my artwork, editing photos, editing videos, scouring through, seeing what the next trend's gonna be so I can jump on that when it's only hours old. So I can hopefully like ride the wave up top through the hashtags. It's just, it's chaos every day. It's, a, it's unknown chaos every day that I kind of know what's going on. And that's it. It's and uh, it's almost no different than my factory job, because when I was working in the factory, it was pretty much the same thing. I knew generally what I was going to do that day. I was going to put on some motors or some engines. I was going to put some engines on and probably fix some mistakes and probably crawl in some holes. And that's what I knew when I was going to get to work. And sometimes it was probably totally different, but that's what I did. And I just apply that same mindset to here because like if I'm going to work that hard for somebody else, I might as well just put that work in for myself and build something out of that and that's 
that's pretty much what I've been doing. It's been like, it's been a roller coaster. There's days where I feel great. I got this. I know what I'm doing. I'm like one of the best bead workers on online. Like I, I got this. Then like the next day I'm like, I've made no sales in two weeks. I have $0 and 74 cents in my bank account. I have this coming up, this coming up, this coming up to pay. I've got this coming up, this coming up, this coming up to come in to my, like for inflow. So yeah, there's definitely days where I'm just like stressed to like the amount where nobody can stress anymore. But I know that I'm going to go to go to bed at the night at the end of the night possibly and wake up and just have something new every day. So I can't get lost in it. I've kind of kind of found the way to like separate it. Yeah, guys, I'm recording outside by the way because <laughs> I have nowhere to record inside. But um yeah, Every day I've tried to, it's chaos, it's controlled chaos, and it's the same thing that would be happening in my job either way, just that I don't get health benefits from this, I don't have a guaranteed paycheck at the end of the day, and that, honestly, I'm just, I grew up, I grew up in a hustle culture, I grew up in hustle culture, because my parents weren't uh, go-getters, they weren't people that really wanted things. They got what handed, was handed to them. If they needed to make some deals here and there to make things meet, they did that. But there was no active pursuing of it. So I, at a young age, started doing that. I started using that hook hanging in front of my face as motivation. So for me, knowing that I'm not going to get paid unless I work, is a, I love that personally. Uh, not everybody can work like that because it's very stressful. It's very emotional. It takes a lot of emotional toll on you. But that unknown fruit or unknown dollar sign hanging in front of my face definitely gets me going every morning. Definitely is like, I can make $30,000 today. I have no idea, but I got to apply myself to make it happen. That's amazing. Yeah, that, was, that was a lot to say. <laughs> no, no, that's great. And I think it's good to hear that because like, I think on social media, especially, you know, like it's tough to like, and I think you keep it real on there, which I think people really like. Cause I know there's like, you know, when you're like trying to have this presence, you know, you get mm -hmm. a character like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is um, my brand and this is who I am. And and if you want to buy into this brand, you're buying into, you know, like something, you know, like that's totally out there. But you're like, this is who I am. Like, let's. Right. So at a young age, this quote has stuck with me. I almost what 17 years now. But somebody told me when I was like a young teenager. Sometimes you spend so much time, time. Sometimes you spend so much time being a title, you forget who you are outside of it. And I never want to become the title. I never want to be Slaughterhawk Unlimited. I just want to be Slaughterhawk who makes hats and does everything else. And that's like you said. I try to keep it really open and uh, transparent online with my uh, supporters and stuff like that. Because like there's days I don't want to work. And it's because I've had a bad mental health day. So I would just, hey, guys, I'm not working today. I'm having a bad mental health day. Sorry if your orders are backed up. Sorry if you were waiting on this. It's going to take a couple of extra days. But, like, I, I'm burnt out. Stayed up 3 a.m. last night. I do this. I do that. Like, But being the business owner, being the guy that owns that, I have the freedom to share that and to be open like that. And to me, being that open builds the, the repertoire, builds the – communication with potential customers and stuff like that to know that he's not just the CEO of the company 
or the owner of the company or whatever, he's not just stamping his name on stuff. He's there getting it done, making sure it gets done. And I, I build, uh, I build a lot of supporters that way because they, they might not like beat hats. They might not like photography, but they see this guy waking up every day with nothing else to do, but to do it. And they appreciate and respect that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. So I, I like that. I really like that. Uh, one of the reasons I follow your page, I'm like, Hey, he's keeping it real today. So <laughs> and I love his hat. So yeah, yeah, no, I like I made a post alliance hat someday. I'll wait yeah. four years for it. But, yeah, right before I got <laughs> on with you this morning, I made a post about how it's been a little over a year since I uh, left the factory and posted a picture of me standing beside an engine and just talked about how honest it is, how this has been a terrifying ride for me this entire time. Because I don't want anybody yeah. to be like, because there's so many people that hop on Instagram, see hustle culture, and be like, if I wake up at 5 a.m. and eat three eggs and blah, blah, blah. I can do it. I'm like, yeah, very not, man. But like, if <laughs> if you figure out how to do it yourself, then you got it. Like, you can do it. Just know there's gonna be bad days too. Well, yeah. And so let's uh, let's go into the, um, the pricing of hats now, because mm -hmm. oh, this is, has to be your challenge because it's like you don't right. you want to price it at a point that you got to pay your bills. But then of course, the customer might have a wall, and then right. then the then the trick would be. And again, I'm just thinking out loud here. But like if certain customers will pay more margin wise. And then, you know, you want to go after them maybe to pay the bills, but then also you have maybe some that won't. So do you struggle on pricing or be like, maybe this hat is going after someone that'll maybe drop a lot more coin on it. Or are you like, we're, we gotta, cause it, cause again, it's hard to scale beating hats. Cause it's just you and your, I mean, it's gotta be brutal too physically on you after a while. Oh, so yeah, I got like slices all in my hands right now from beating yeah. stuff. Yeah, and yeah I'm, just, I'm, I'm just trying to think, you know, like, again, how, how have you how have you gone about the pricing of it? And do you struggle with that? Because, I mean, again, I'm sure people are, could I get a discount? Because I know you're, <laughs> you're trying to yeah, pay the yeah. bills. And, and so, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I I don't have the formula on hand. I can send it to you once I find it. But there, I'm in a beating group. And one of the first things that I did before I left for wins is I've made a post uh, but my hat, somebody asked me about selling them. I said, I had no idea how to price them. And they provided me with a formula, basically, of, like, how to, like, factor in your, factoring in your materials, your time, and your cost, shipping, all that. It's just a large formula of trying to figure out your own hourly wage so you can make the money back. And I kind of try to go by that as a rough estimate. Like, if I'm like, hey, I'm putting... $20 in the material or including the hat. If I'm putting $6 in materials into this hat, I'm spending 12 hours on it. And I used this level of pattern. It should roughly be this amount of money. And that gives me room to play with. Cause I'm like, all right, cool. This is a $250 hat. Uh, but I knocked it out in six hours, which is nothing to me. When, like it's a fat, that's a fast hat. I could let this go for 150 get people talking, get the hype around it and knock not next one out for 250 and not feel bad about it because I never make the same hat twice. I never do the same designs twice. I never do the same. Like if you get a Slaughterhawk hat, it's a one-off one-on-one, like nobody's ever going to have the same hat as you. So if I make the, so like, like this, I made this Pikachu hat. Is it coming to focus? Sure. So I there made this go. Pikachu. Yep. I made this Pikachu hat the other day. I got the hat itself on sale for 20 bucks i put oh no i got it on sale for 12.99 put 
four dollars in materials into it and i sold it for 125 and that's like my low end of hats because like i i could have totally sold that hat for 200 i sold it for 125 and i sold it within six minutes of dropping it on my site and which created a, a wave of people going hey man i want the hat and me going hey the hat sold i'm not gonna i never do the same hat twice i do one like it Here's my custom hat prices. They start at 125. They go up depending on detail. And I've already booked another Pikachu hat at $195. So, yeah. Well, and just hearing that, I'm like, oh wait, this would be a perfect time if you had somebody help and say, okay, we'll get you the close to that, but I'm off. You know, it's going to have my stamp on it, but someone else is doing it. Do you think that would sell? Because that if I, really wants that hat, they might just say, I'll do that. Yeah. So that's the and that's the weird 50-50. I almost have a. I ask how fast do you want it or when do you want it is usually when I ask when somebody tells me they want a hat and they say now or they don't care about waiting. I usually present them with like, if you want it now, here's the people that you can go through. If you want it for me, here's how long it's going to be because there's been like a 75%. I want your hat 25%. I just want to beat it hat. And so I keep that, like I said, I keep those people in my repertoire and I get, I wouldn't say I get, but like they show me some love. They give me like a little kickback for a finder's fee for getting them work and stuff like that. So that's been pretty much my payoff. And I just don't know if I'll ever do a like Slaughterhawk stamp approved hats because like they, they feel a little less genuine. Yeah, I like that finder's fee idea though, because then if somebody really wants it and you're like, I only do one, then you, you know, you outsource it, you get a, you know, you get a kickback on it and then it's mm -hmm. a, win so yeah that's interesting yeah like i said i'm, I'm trying to build a like in like a fiverr slash ebay for beaters where like you can display and sell your work but you can also be there to get hooked like booked for jobs and stuff but that's only if like i approve you to like work in that fold right all right well, are you thinking of any other like I'm trying to think of, I hate to say upsells or any other things that you can do. Cause again, the beating of the head, it's basically like if all the money's going there or like, if that's where, you know, someone's going to buy, is there anything else they could potentially like buy? That's like a, a add on or something that you could. Yeah. Do? So I do, I do bracelets, earrings, um, lots of low, lower end stuff, like uh, from price ranges from five to like $20 of like little add on thing. Bracelets. yep nice yeah stuff like that and i throw it on my website because a lot of people have told me they want to support me but they don't want speed work or photography or anything so i just put a cup of coffee on on my website it's two dollars um they don't get anything back for it but it's not like it's like i'll go get a cup of coffee it helps me get through my work and stuff like that and that little add-on that one add-on sold i want to say 40 in the past two months and yeah, just a little two dollar. Hey, here's a little tip. You know those star things working too. Um, I don't have enough followers for stars on mine. You need thousands. I'm not big time like you, but the uh, do, does anyone give stars randomly, or do you have to like yeah. basically ask for them, or we just sit there and all of a sudden you get random stars? How does that work? I just sit there and get random stars. Uh, I have the automated message to send out. It's like, hey, if you have stars, you can give it to me or whatever. I just feel like uh, OnlyFans girl sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, it's set up so I ran. I have a set of receive stars. I never really asked for stars, but when I'm doing labs and stuff, I definitely I people send me stars and I appreciate it. Um, I've 
I've been told that a lot of my stars come from people that play mobile games and they get kickbacks for like Google bucks or whatever. And they use those Google bucks on Facebook for stars. And I say, like, I appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's go back into the social media side. Now, unless mm -hmm. you talk more about the, the product or we can come back to that, but I think um, as far as like growing your audience, cause I know people are dying to do that, you know, obviously it's the, like the product obviously is amazing. So that's going to be a part of it. But then of course there's like the connecting. And so organically you've mentioned like getting in different groups and things like wh where's the biggest bang for your buck. Like if you had to wait, like most important thing you do to grow audience and then kind of, you know, take a step back into like the least important, what would you say you're doing? Most important thing is, especially if you're going to be building a business on Facebook, you join groups. Join whatever group that lets you join as a Facebook page and post as your Facebook page in those groups. Because a lot of my early followings or early uh, supporters and my even now supporters comes from me posting in my beating groups, me posting in uh, like meme groups and stuff like that, uh, making memes about like beating and stuff, uh, posting as my page because Facebook allows you to invite the people to react that reacted to your post to follow your page. So like I posted a hat to my beating group, I got a 1300 like or 1300 reactions on it. I spent the 10 minutes scrolling and invited all those people to like my page. And out of all those people, maybe 200 and something came through to like my page. But still I do that I did that over and over and over again. And I had thousands of followers or thousands of supporters in almost no time. And they were interacting with me because they liked my stuff. They saw me before. I wasn't just sending out these blind advertisements that they scrolled past through on Facebook. And I definitely didn't have that little sponsored icon underneath it to make them feel like they were getting tricked into looking at it. Yeah. And I found the hard thing with groups is some of them are just spam. Like you'll get in a group and it's yep. like, or just spamming it. How do you, is there a trick to finding authentic groups? Cause I've had, especially in my area, like, I don't know, there's just like no business consultants. Uh, let's, let's go um, cry together page or talk about our stuff page or talk about our, you know, like let's share clients page or something like there's nothing. So it's like, every time I go on anything that's business related, it's just like people spamming it. Like have you had a problem with that in yours. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, I even talk about it in my post a lot, but there's a lot of fraudulent indigenous pages out there that like just spam you with like fake images and like this, heart this. And like, yeah, there's a lot out there. And I just, I kind of just trial and aired it and threw myself at every wall until I broke through one. And I kind of like have a checklist of what to look for now, like check the admin page to see where they're from, check the uh, most recent group activity before you join and like, see if it's a spam page before you join in and try to participate with it. But if you can't find like a group necessarily to deal that deals in what you do, like I, like if you couldn't find a business page per se, right. I would, I personally would start following like Mark Cuban and the other guy from Mr. Wonderful from. Uh, oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. Stuff like I that. I know you're talking about Kevin O'Leary. Yeah. Kevin O'Leary. And, um, and smaller entrepreneurs as well that are getting it like Mr. Beast. So I'd, I'd be in their comments and I'd be one 
everybody likes a funny comment. I'd be either one trying to make a joke about what's going on in their video or their content, which kind of also pertains to what's going on. Not just a random joke, but like literally getting funny and like is being funny with what they're doing. Or sometimes I'd even challenge what they say and create that controversy going on in the comments. Or I agree with them, add my own content to it and just become like almost a top commenter on their stuff and either get recognized by them as a brand or get enough people that are also following them and into their stuff to be like, Oh, what's this guy talking about? He's in all their comments. He's, he's like in there. And eventually I get likes and follows through that as well. I've gotten, uh, I, I spent a lot of time in the comments because like, it used to be like, Oh, one or two reactions, but like there's times now I'll drop a comment on a post and I get like 1.5 thousand reactions on just a comment. Is that your, is that your, like your bread and butter on the social media side then? Is like, is uh, there anything that, that is, uh, and well, and I, I also too, like I was talking to uh, Ryan Bartlett of uh, uh, True Classic Tees and he, cause he'll get like, sometimes they'll get like random hecklers on theirs and, and mm -hmm. that can drive engagement. So first of all, through the roof. So do you actually like, like having hecklers one and then two, and then we can transition. Is there anything outside the comments that you do, but what are your thoughts on like getting, you know, people in the comments that are, you know, they're trolling, but does that actually help you? Uh, incredibly. <laughs> um, I, there's times where I, I intentionally, like I will intentionally post something knowing that I will get a flood of hecklers for it because one, they're wrong. <laughs> and two, like people just like watching drama and that's just, <laughs> that's the magnet people love watching drama and i mean like i put up a video just like it was just psa don't puff the, don't pet the buffalo at yellowstone by the way it's bison and oh, oh nice yeah and that's what the comment section considered consisted of and i just say like, oh no buffalo comes from the french phrase buffalo which means cattle by the water and then they get embarrassed, like, oh, no, it's blah, blah, blah. And it just goes back and forth for a little bit. Then, like, I just back out of it because I, I got a video now that from a month ago that the comments are still going up on it because people are still just arguing with each other in it. Wow. The puppet yeah. master. Yeah. And just like, I just know that if I'm going to say Buffalo in a video, I'm going to immediately get almost a million views. Wow, that's that's so amazing. Yeah. And also, to think with the hecklers, you can almost create a common enemy in your post mm -hmm. like and then people want to support you more because they're like oh How dare you heckle him he's awesome <laughs> oh hate watchers are such a thing and it's great i've had there's a time like eventually i do have to block people because like once you get to a certain point where you're being just atrocious and this gross in the comments you got to go but like there are people that were like like to banter with me <laughs> and it's crazy i'll post something and they're like actually that's a blah 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 like, hey welcome back missed you glad you followed <laughs> so uh that's yeah and i like it because i know a lot of the times uh you know you, you don't want to get someone to give a mad face at your or a sad face or, or like or to to rip on you or whatever so i know like people could tiptoe around what they post but it's like you almost want to i hate to say encourage it but like and, right so maybe you and, gotta time it too because you don't want every post to be like uh-oh it's everybody uh -huh. There's a drama, like, yeah, I don't know. Right. So that's, 
I'm not, I might be one of the few creators to say this, but like, that's why I appreciate the platform that Meta has for Facebook is that my posts, my photos, my reels, and my videos are almost three completely different audiences that do not mingle with each other. Um, I can post my beadwork and my photography on my page, like no normal posts all day long and never have a heckler or I'll get one or two and it gets shut down real fast. But like then versus my reels where like I'll post my beading and stuff and stuff like that. And I know that's who's going to come, but I'll post like a Buffalo video and they swarm it. And like, I don't know if it's because the algorithm Pat knows they hate watch things and knows they like to know they like to disagree with things. So therefore they got a video of false, like he called it a Buffalo. It's not a Buffalo. I wouldn't want to correct that. <laughs> I don't know if Facebook is feeding these people my posts because it makes them angry, but I appreciate that. I would imagine. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, so like my post goes to one audience, my reels goes to one audience, my videos go to one audience and like, they almost never intermingle with each other. So like I can have a heckler on my Facebook, or, like on one of my real videos and like play with them. I call playing with, I can play with them for like eight hours and they keep coming back and watching the same video. Cause every time you click on the video, it counts as a watch. So if they want to argue with me in the comments, that's them watching my videos and paying me to do so. So uh, at the end of it, I always like, Hey, thanks for the payment. I'm glad you argued with me. Hopefully you didn't cost too much today. <laughs> <laughs> And um, they'll never interact with my regular page because when you click on my name and my reels, it just shows my other reels videos. It doesn't show my regular posts and stuff like that. So not saying that it's safe because like you can still go in and get to my page and stuff like that. But like I'm not as worried about the hecklers transferring from my reels to my post. And I'm 100% love that they're there because they are... I always say you earn your top commenter badge in no time. You earn your top fan badge in no time because they are my bread and butter sometimes on some of my videos and it's awesome and they don't realize it. Now, I think because uh, Facebook feels like the dinosaur, but like in the room, if you will, compared to TikTok or whatever. But I think Facebook still, I mean, is that where you get most of your, I don't know, sales and interaction? Or I mean, I know you're on TikTok and others. Like, where are you? What's, I don't know, where's the role of Facebook compared to the others now? I'm officially only on Facebook. Um, TikTok, I did TikTok for a couple months. Uh, it was hit and miss. Like I had some videos that were getting a couple thousand, some videos that were getting like 12. And the hecklers on TikTok, they, they're there. They don't, they're going to go to all your videos. They're going to try to shut your page down, blah, 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 blah. So like I kind of got, TikTok got toxic too fast for me. And I, and I took a break from it and just never went back. So yeah, just I'm working on Facebook right now, and I guess being able to focus 100% on Facebook is why I've gotten such a great support system going on there. Have you ever thought about outsourcing that part of it? Um, because I think, or at least parts of that, because you could hire someone pretty cheap to just be in the comments, and then you could go do your feed work or whatever. But I mean, you could out because I mean, social media advertising or like you know like i don't know if they're gig jobs but i think you could gig it out have you ever thought about having someone just get like doing that side where you just focus on the the grind of the work i have definitely thought about hiring somebody just to argue with the hecklers in my comments but once again it just feels like one of those things that wouldn't feel like genuine slaughter hog banter yeah, yeah. It's, i was just 
I just find that interesting because it's like, I mean, you're you're driving so much engagement online, but then it's, uh, I don't know, it's just so time consuming where you can't actually make the product. It's like, oh. it's, gonna be, it's the trade-off. It's tough. Yeah. And like, and if people don't know this now too, so I'm also a stay-at-home dad. So like my daughter is with me the entire time that I'm doing this. She's at, uh, she's at a farm. She's at a day camp right now, like one day a week. So that's why I can do this interview. But like, other than that, it's, she's here. She's like right here while I'm beating, while I'm doing social media and all that snacks and lunches and you know how it goes. Wow. Let yeah. her loose in there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no. So yeah, it's like on that aspect on top of it too. It's like, I definitely feel like I want to start hiring people. I want to start building like, I'm not trying to be funny, but I want to be, I want to be a Mr. Beast. Like I want to get that going on, but I kind of don't, I'm at the point where I don't know where to start for my, for the best value for my money. Because if I can do all these things myself, hiring somebody else on to relieve it, but not having the same brand or not having the same niche with it or the same passion about it that I do, kind of feels like I might be wasting my money because here I am doing it all myself anyway. Right. Yeah, that's tough because, yeah, if you hire someone, you want them to do kind of that, not the authentic stuff, the, the back room if stuff. Right. Like, again, if it's. Yeah, social. I'm just trying to think about how you could, because again, if you're going to scale it, it's at some point you're going to either need to kick out either more hats or, or your business will like form kind of like a divisional. Like you'll have the hats, the photography, the and like. Yep. But then of course you just can't do it all. So right. I mean, and since we've done our interview last time, I've 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 officially rebranded from Slaughterhawk Photography to Slaughterhawk Unlimited because I've taken on so much more stuff than just photography and. I really do want to be able to build a creative team where I can have somebody where I can call it and be like, all right, I need this video, this video, and this video done. You need to go ahead and design that up for me, get the scripts ready. Uh, let me know what my part is to record and you finish it off and get it posted online. Because another creator I follow mainly on YouTube is Matthew Patrick from uh, film theory, game theory, uh, and food theory. And he just started style theory, but like those are his three main channels and like he's doing amazing. And like it started with just him, a camera and some low budget software. And he's built this brand to like they just pick random things on the Internet to make theories about and they get millions of views in a week. And like that's what I'm slowly trying to work my way to. I'm just trying to find other creators to do it with. Well, so that would make sense. So then your your hat could be kind of you know the hat beating photographer whatever could be something you do but the social media pays the bills yeah i mean that's honestly what and not even gonna lie to you that's kind of where it is now almost is that i get paid more through my social media uh uh footprint i guess is the best way to put it than i do for my beadwork some months like there's some months where i sell almost zero beadwork but my brand online pays my bills oh that's amazing yeah and that's just me pushing out videos, getting views, because the reels play, the reels pay uh, bonus, and the performance bonus, and the in-stream ads. I guess my three bread and butters is performance bonus, uh, reels play, and in-stream ads. Um, and that's where I get paid mostly. I'm just wondering, too, if YouTube's another stream for you. Because, again, on, on the podcast, I started basically how my the podcast works is I dump it on Spotify, which they'll do a video one or audio. And then it goes, it basically goes out to the other main one. So it goes to like Apple and all of that, but those are only audio. But then, so the listens, trying to get new listeners, there's like pulling teeth because you can't, I mean, you can interact kind of, but not really. I mean, they basically listen or they don't. And, but YouTube, 
YouTube one, if I want to actually promote it, it's super cheap to promote the video um, to get kind of the traction going. And I pick up a ton of random views, especially with shorts. YouTube shorts will just, if you have the right word in there, it'll just, you'll get thousands. And so YouTube by far has been a better platform than actually the Spotify has been other than I like, I want to be on Spotify, but YouTube's far better for me. So I just, I didn't know if that's an avenue that you've thought of or not. Oh, I definitely, I definitely want to be able to. <laughs> well, you mentioned Mr. It. Beast, so obviously you're thinking, yeah. you do, but I meant for like yeah. where you're at right now. No, yeah, most definitely. Cause like my, uh, I, I honestly just, I wanted to be a director and create videos and do that. All of this has just been like some sad stuff that I was good at in the, in the process so like I definitely want to be able to convert over to YouTube and make fuller videos and how-to videos for beadwork and stuff because having that template for people to go to that's great. Like people look up how-to videos on YouTube all the all the time. Like that's that's one of the bread and butters of YouTube is how-to videos and like creating a playlist of how-to videos, creating a playlist of my like just process of being hats then just creating a playlist of my own creative videos that could also earn money on the side and start that revenue of passive income because i've i've seen the i've seen what passive income can be for like popular videos and this that, and the third and like it's something i love doing i wouldn't say i love making i wouldn't i wouldn't say i love directing more than i love making beadwork and stuff like that but it's really up there on the designing the videos, editing the videos, getting the videos posted, figuring out what it's going to be. All of that is like, I don't know. I think you can tell because how popular some of my videos get, but like, I love that. And um, so YouTube, I wanted to be a YouTube star when I was like 12 and YouTube first came out and or yeah, when YouTube first came out and people were like just posting videos, people biting people's fingers and like, yeah, yeah. I want to move to YouTube. I, I want to be the YouTube guy eventually. Nice. Well, so I guess to wrap up, where can people find your uh, stuff or communicate with you? Um, so mainly through Facebook, uh, Slaughterhawk Photography. It's www.facebook.com backslash Slaughterhawk Photography because I haven't changed that yet. But if you look up Slaughterhawk Unlimited LLC and you search a bar on Facebook, I'll pop right up. Uh, ShopSlaughterhawk.com. That's my website. You can see what I have for sale there. You can read the articles I put out. Uh, I try to drop uh articles at least once a week or once every two weeks and i cover everything from like the importance of the representation of reservation dogs to the indigenous community to the history of beadwork in, Amer in the americas and like that too i also highlight other indigenous artists that are doing their thing doing creative work and stuff like that so uh, it's a it's a great information source too if anybody's trying to learn anything as well so how about you yeah. show some hats or some of your artwork here all right sweet we got. I don't know. The Pikachu hat, I like it. Oh, the Seminole. Yeah. Are these already sold, or are they not for sale now? Uh, some of these are already sold. I got to get them in the mail today, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, this one's not sold yet. Okay. Yep, Chief Wahoo. That one go for. Uh, that one. This one's one fifty on the site. And this one's this one was from a buddy, Moose Tree Gaming, up in Canada. Man, that's amazing. He's a he's a Xbox gamer sponsored guy, and we got this collab that I did. Now Geno Smith doesn't have one that nice, does he? Or does he? No, he just has one that's just the Edge. 
I did okay. this collab with another artist. Uh, right now, it's 400 on the site, but uh, we're probably going to pull it down a couple of days and just raffle it off and $10 tickets to try to win it. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and uh, I guess the only thing I want to say is like I started off reaching out to one random person I was following on 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 Facebook that was making some videos that I, I enjoyed and I offered to make him a hat and then he showed it off. He didn't even show it off at first because like I had to beg him to look because he forgot because we're we forget because we're creators <laughs> and um yeah dude and like I just started messaging people and giving out hats and like I want I don't want anybody to like think that I'm making a shit ton of money doing this or like I haven't dumped almost my entire life savings in this because I definitely have like I have definitely spent a lot of money to start making money and I don't want anybody to say anything that he just started putting some beads on some hats and like people started buying them no I gave a lot away and that's where a lot of my brand came from was just giving it away talking to people giving it away talking to people and just being the mint mobile of beadwork <laughs> 